I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I would like to welcome Kane and Daniel to this podcast, Lycopoden. Warmly welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and hey, guys. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, all the way across the world. Uh, I can hear the sirens in the back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Somebody's getting shot in Los Angeles. That's usually how it works out here. <laughs> uh, not, not actually in my home city. I'm here doing uh, uh, events and presentations. Uh, yeah. I actually live between Silicon Valley and San Francisco in Italy over there in Europe. So I uh, just happen to be on the road here. So thanks for having me. Ah, it's nice to have you here. Uh, one of my first questions is, how did you become interested in what you're doing right now? Uh, yeah, so it's funny that you ask uh, interested. So I think I'd, the word I would use is probably more obsessed. Uh, <laughs> and I've been obsessed uh, for a long time. Uh, my wife, Alessia, and I, who teach together around the planet, I think Uh, although we met five years ago, uh, when we met, we felt like we had known each other for lifetimes because we had very similar obsessions and very similar uh, patterns of our life. And I think that we're we're both obsessed with uh, one term, which is the term is, or the word is excellence. And uh, another way of saying it is, it is extraordinary. You know, people say live an extraordinary life, but they just say it. You know, these terms get thrown around all the time. Be extraordinary, be unstoppable, be a master, excellence. Um, but we were really in pursuit from pretty young ages and even within our families to pursue excellence and mastery really at the highest level. Um, in fact, I, I grew up in a family where my older sister, I've uh, two older siblings, an older brother and an older sister. And my older sister actually had learning disabilities. Um, and so my parents went on a journey to understand how to help her develop her academic abilities and her brain because the schools told my father that she would never be able to compete uh, or be a great you know, academic student. She'd probably never become a very successful you know, uh, in a job or anything like that. And of course, that's not something you want to hear about your own children. 
So my father, who had absolutely no background in child development, he was an accountant. He was a, you know, a, a CFO. <laughs> yeah. He went on a journey to understand how do you help a child develop their brains at the highest level so they can compete and they can be excellent. And so he actually created this whole system and I won't bore you with the whole story, but essentially I grew up in a family where the whole conversation was, how do we reach your highest potential? Uh, you know, and we had family friends like Howard Gardner, who was uh, the Harvard professor that created the whole theory behind multiple intelligences. And, uh, you know, I was actually in university at nine years old. Uh, don't ask me why my parents put me in a university at nine years old, <laughs> Northwest University where I grew up in Chicago. And they, they were just, look, they were all about excellence and education. How do you really develop to the highest potential? That was their whole thing. And I was really an experiment. And they actually ended up creating a, a company. I say it was an experiment because they created a company to help other parents learn how to develop their children's intelligences and their brains. So they were constantly testing things on me. I was the, I was the, I was the hamster, which is why I'm so weird. Uh, as um, and they would, they would source books and games and learning materials from all over the world and then test them uh, on me. Um, and then they would, they would sell these products and, and services to, um, to people all over the world to help them develop their children's intelligences. So anyway, so I, I, got, I got obsessed very early on. And so I just learned that whatever you do, you better do it really, really well. You better become a master at it. And becoming a master at something requires you to spend time with masters is one of the, the laws to becoming a master. Uh, there are people who have mastered things before you. And at six years old, I started playing piano. And so, you know, as a, I'm a classically and jazz trained piano player, and I played piano for now I'm almost 40. So I played piano for almost 35 years, uh, you know, really seriously. And I used to pay, play sometimes between four to six hours a day. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, when I, when I had the time before children, <laughs> I don't play four <laughs> to six hours a day. <laughs> that, that dream went out 10 years ago. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, you know, now, now I just play casually. But then anyways, the point was, is that, you know, when I started with piano, it was the same thing. It's a journey towards mastery on anything. And it was, you know, you study the masters and you learn the Beethoven and you learn the Chopin. And then I went into jazz and I was studying Thelonious Monk and, you know, and Coltrane and it just, whatever you did, it was just do it at the best. So when I started businesses, I started my first business at 20. It was the same pursuit. How do we become the best in the world? And, you know, who really cares if you're the best in the world? But it was about yeah. that obsession. How do I become extraordinary at what I do? And it wasn't even about someone else or competition. You know, today we train business owners. There is no competition. You just, you just, just compete against yourself. Just to figure out how you can become the best you can be. And that's the most fun in a business. So the question of how do I get interested, I got interested as a child at doing the best I could at anything. And when it started to go into business, we got obsessed with how to become the best business owners. So we started to study the best sales techniques. We started studying with the best sales trainers we could find around the planet. And it wasn't just in our local area. You know, it wasn't just, hey, who's around the city? It was like, who's across the planet? Who is the best all over the planet? I want to go there. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what I need to do. I've had to learn, you know, I speak six different languages. I had to go learn languages to study with people all over the world. I've spent hundreds of thousands of US dollars. I've given away percentages of companies. To me, it was just find the best people and go spend time with them and learn from them and then turn it into your own thing and assimilate into your own thing. So that, that's, we got, we got interested in coaching and, and mentoring business owners because we had the opportunities, both my wife and I, to get obsessed early on, to spend time with masters, and what a difference it made in our lives. By 29 years old, each of us were essentially retired. We, were, you know, we had created companies that were doing hundreds of millions of dollars. And we just wanted to share that back with others. Others should have that opportunity. Others should be able to take care of their families and create the opportunities 
that they that, that we had. I mean, why why us? We sh- you know we need to share it, right? So it's a kind of a giving back sort of thing. So that that's that's how we got into what we're doing. Yeah, I love the story, and when you're speaking about modeling, that's something that I love too because. One of the things that changed my life was actually the first mentor I got because I got I tried so many things and none of them worked. Well, they worked a little bit, but it it wasn't the actual change that I really wanted. But when I started having real mentors helping me on the way, you save so much time and money, you can't compare it to almost anything. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, trying to figure things out on your own, which these days has become a bit more of a masculine quality. You know, men are, we're notorious for not asking for directions. <laughs> um, you know, I remember I was in Lausanne, Switzerland. I was leading some trainings and events there with a couple of hundred business owners there. And we finished the event. And one of my, uh, my crew says, let's go get lunch at the Beau Rivage, which is a beautiful uh, Castle in Lausanne. If you've never been there. It's just an amazing hotel and beautiful place. Anyways, so I said, well, great, where is it? And he goes, uh, well, you know, I don't know exactly. He says, let's ask for directions. And I went, whoa, whoa, <laughs> ask for directions. Let's just walk out in the street and go find it, right? Uh, and he says to me, why would you want to just go wander around when we could just learn exactly where we're going? So we don't have a lot of time. We need to save time. Um, and it was just, it's so funny because, you know, in, in business, I always follow my mentor's directions. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have mentors, I have advisors. They, I just say, tell me what to do. But it's funny. I, I noticed that in some other domain in my life, I was like, I want to go figure it out. Uh, yeah. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> so the fun will be in the adventure. Uh, but it's true. Anywhere you want to save time in your life and just get right to the, the success. Um, you know, there, there's a saying, experience is the best teacher, right? Mm-hmm. But there is actually a comma in that sentence, not a period. It's actually experience is the best teacher as long as it's somebody else's experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I had more other people's experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my father used to always say in in his company around helping children, he says he he wishes he could take all of his you know, he's now 72. He says wishes he could take all 72 years of his knowledge, put it into a, a chip and just implanted in his children, um, you know, for people that have children, you know, you understand it's like, I, we have two children and we're actually, we're, we're you know, we're, we're talking about having a, a third child and what we want to do that. And when I think about starting over again with a third child, you know, it's like, yeah, wow. At some point you wish you could just take the knowledge out of your head and put it implanted into your children. And so I think that that's what mentors, that's what we do. This is what Kim uh, you know, Kiyosaki does and Robert, of course, her husband and, and, and anybody in the mentorship arena that has really mastered the art of mentorship. You know, we don't, we don't just come out and teach. We, we're obsessed with creating systems and tools and resources and formulas and, you know, frameworks. And we want to explain things that are complex, make them simple, hand them over to somebody else and have them be able to reproduce the results as close as possible. It's, you know, it's like cooking. You can follow a recipe. If you follow a master chef's recipe, well, you're not going to get exactly the same results as the master chef, uh, but you will get similar results. And I think that's very gratifying for people that had mastered things. It's a very natural progression to, you know, not understand something, learn it, master it. And then the next step is to teach it, you know, to go back and, and share it with others so that they can, they can experience the same results. So How- mentors save a lot of time. How yeah. did you take that step to go from 
from running and building your own businesses to actually teaching others? What, what happened to make you make that decision in your life? Well, you know, so I, I had actually been fascinated with the modality of coaching, uh, which is different than mentoring. Mentoring is often where you're giving advice and you're sharing about your experiences and you've created systems to help people get there. Coaching is a slightly different modality where you're actually helping those once they know what to do, when people know what to do, uh, then there's this gap between knowing what to do and doing it well. Yeah. And that, that, that gap is a really interesting gap because it's so human behavior related. I'm, I'm really fascinated with that gap. Um, you know, I can, you know, I, I, I present, uh, and Alessia and I present to close to 50 to 60,000 business owners every year. We go through 25 countries a year. We have about 2000 people, uh, that we see uh, a week with, you know, a handful of weeks off. Um, thank goodness. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're fascinated with the fact that we can speak to a stadium of 10,000. It could be next to Richard Branson or it's a Tony Robbins or, you know, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki and we'll, we'll teach. And of course, everybody ends up with slightly different results. So I think this is really the, the thing that we're obsessed with is, is how do we bridge the gap between knowing and then execution? Because that's really where everything, that's where all the, the juice lives. Knowing something is a very first step, but doing it well, executing on that is a whole different story. So I got into that very early because I noticed that my coaches, my mentors, were not just, they weren't just experienced business people. They were experienced human potential people. They understood the human brain. They understood human bio, uh, human uh, psychology, rather, not biology, <laughs> psychology. <laughs> maybe um, both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe both. <laughs> I don't know about the other. Um, but they were great at understanding how to help somebody change their beliefs, um, achieve higher potential because they change the way they think. You know, how does one go from a lower potential life to a higher potential life? Well, in some ways, they learn things to do, but in other ways, they change the way they think and they relate to how they act. And so there's two, there's two components. What do you do and who are you in relationship to what you do? This is what leadership is all about, for example. So my coaches and my mentors started very early on with changing the way I thought as well as changing the things I did. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I got very curious about how to work with people. So we started running uh, coaching. I started coaching and I started, uh, you know, working with leaders in my early 20s, actually, um, on communication, on influence, uh, on, on things like sales, which are such a human dynamic interaction. Uh, and so I, I just got very excited about working with people on those things. Um, as I actually turned it into a profession, at about 29 years old, I had, uh, I'd started about 24 different companies by that point throughout my 20s. Um, I had seven companies that were paying me hundreds of thousands of dollars, whether I showed up to them to work or not. Yeah, we were worth tens of millions of dollars at point. So the, the way I actually got started teaching is my friends just said to me, how the hell did you do that so fast? <laughs> and I said, well, look, you know, I'd like to claim all the credit and say, I'm, you know, Mr. Smart and everything, but that wasn't true. I just had great mentors. I had lots of them and I really listened to other people. I wanted to hear the people who were successful and I didn't just listen to them. I didn't just go to lectures or read their books. I did that as well. But then I engaged them. I said, look, I need some private time with you. I need some time in your trainings, in your mentorship. I need to spend time in groups with you. I just need to be around you. And I would staple myself, staple, you know, click, staple myself to these mentors for months or years or however long I could, whether it was, you know, feasible for me or feasible for them. And I would spend sometimes years. I've, I've spent, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years with mentors. Some, some of my mentors, I've been around 12, 15 years. Some of them I've been around for six months. Some of them I've been around for a year, you know, just as much time as I could spend watching them, modeling them, seeing what they're doing, understanding every little detail because success is in the details. 
there's a lot of intelligent people out there, highly educated, lovely people in the world, but they're having different levels of success based upon the details. And so I liked to really model and sit around and watch somebody do their trade, do their mastery. I like to watch a piano player play and watch their fingers and see everything they're doing and then ask them, why did they choose a sensitivity there? And, you know, I like to talk to, to Kim and, and understand exactly what choices is she making or why is she writing this book or what, what choices is she making around the market? Or like, you know, I, I want to know every master's details. Yeah. Um, and then we turn that into systems and we, we train that, we teach that to others. What so, I, like I don't know. Vill du stärka din självkänsla, sova gott och må bättre? Då borde du testa vägledd självhypnos. Det enda du behöver göra är att lyssna, slappna av och följa instruktionerna. Gå in på hypnotication.com och hitta dina favoriter idag. Ange koden LYCKA för 15% rabatt på hela köpet. you also is that from the from last time we met is that you also know so much about the psychology to help people with their mental blockages and their emotions that is that is preventing them in the gap between knowing and doing and you can actually help people at that deeper level too yeah well and, and that was that was kind of the uh That was the, the, the sea I swam in uh, growing up. You know, my parents were all about human development, psychology, consciousness, awareness, uh, intellect, and, you know, intelligence. So, uh, you know, that we, I just started from scratch understanding what is somebody's intelligence? How do we increase their intelligence? How do we increase their consciousness? How do we shift and change their perspective? And as we turned that into business modalities, it became conversations like, how do we help somebody understand how to relate to value, how to relate to money, um, how to relate to... Uh, influence or re rejection or resistance? Um, how do they craft up a concept, a value proposition and share it with somebody so people get excited? What do people get excited about? And so we just started applying all those dynamics to human behavior in business uh, because it's fun. I mean, I, what I like about business is there's two things. One is a business is about helping people. So everything that you do in business is about helping people solve problems. And I just find that very gratifying. It's just very nice. Um, and two is when you help people, you make money. So, hey, what a nice combination of helping people and making money. So I loved applying psychology and human behavior to business because it ultimately allowed us to help more people and, of course, make more money, which allows us also to help more people. Because if, you know, if, there's, a, if there's an earthquake in Italy like there was and we want to help people and, and send things and we do, uh, you know, if there's, there's hurricanes in, in Texas, uh, you know, in Florida right now going on in America. Uh, people are having huge problems. So if you want to help, you need to have the resources. And so we wanted to be able to do that. And that's why we chose that, that route. We could have done it with relationships. We could be coaching people on, on their relationship. <laughs> we could be yeah. coaching people on their health, right? But we, we just chose business because that's an area we really understand and we, we love it. So, Yeah. But I think it all expands to, so if you have one level that you expand at and you increase your potential at that level, it at least if you're learning the psychology which you are teaching uh, that could expand to other levels too but if you only take the trade as it is if you teach something but you don't take the psychology with it uh, then it doesn't increase as much in other levels of life but if you take the psychology with it 
you can expand your health, your wealth, your relationships, your happiness, all the levels at the same time. Yeah. So, so you know, we 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 really don't teach mindsets. We actually just apply it. We just change people's minds. Uh, yeah. You know, we used to teach it. I mean, 15 years ago, you know, I started uh, at 20 years old. I started leading seminars for a very prominent, a very internationally known uh, transformational company, a, a leadership company, a you know, mindset company. And it was great. And we were teaching transformation. And what I noticed is that teaching it is just a lot of work. And I just said, you know what? I don't want to teach it anymore. I'm just going to do it. This person in front of me, I don't need to teach them how to think. I'm just going to change their mind. And yeah. I'm just going to recode. I'm just going to recode their brain because I could just do it like that. Sometimes it can take 30 seconds. Sometimes it takes 30 minutes. Sometimes it can take 30 hours. I don't know. I never know until I get into it. But, but typically, we're able to change people's perspectives in minutes. Uh, you know, we can work with somebody in our, in our seminars or in our live events and do, I guess what Tony Robbins calls an intervention. We're not, mm -hmm. I mean, we are kind of doing an intervention, but you know, it's, we're not, we're not working on suicidal, you know, people like, like Tony works on, um, you know, unless their businesses are really bad, <laughs> which is good. Uh, but you know, we're, well, we're mean, working on people. You did that at saying, the last event in Sweden and, uh, and it was amazing to see it live. This is one thing to hear you say, we can, I reprogram someone's mind, but when we actually saw you do it. It yeah. was that was pretty yeah. amazing, and I've seen it personal yeah. too. And I can see, and I, since I know a lot of psychology myself, I understand what you're doing without you explaining it, and how much I know how much it helps yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, it's it's uh, look, it's it's a matter of opening up perspectives, and I mean, you know, I don't want it to sound like we're you know we're getting inside people, we're recoding their brains, you know. <laughs> Okay, but you know it's the same thing. You know, spending years around Tony Robbins, and, and I've st you know, studied neurolinguistics for twenty years. I studied uh, you know human potential. So look, this is about opening up uh, a, a place in somebody's perspective or consciousness for them to see a new opportunity or new possibilities that they didn't see before. Um, and what that does is it gives them new choices. So we're really just helping people um, take a, a step towards something that they want. So it's not like we're controlled. There's no, there's no mind control. I don't believe in mind control. I don't think you can do that. I think that you, that uh, there, you know, part of somebody says, "I want something, but I feel stuck," and that's why they show up. They say, "I want a greater life," or there's something more specific. I want to, I want to be able to get more clients. I want more visibility. But there's something much deeper than branding. When when Alessia and I work with, with our with our, our, our students, when they say, "I want to get more visibility," I want to be a, you know, I want to have, I need to build my brand. Well, hey, so what? So read a book on branding and, and go do it. But of course, no, you know, you can't do that. If everybody could just read a book or watch a YouTube video and become a world famous brand, then everybody would do it. And so it's about understanding and assimilating and then executing. And what we've noticed is that, for example, when somebody is having a hard time building a brand or they haven't built a brand, they have some core relationship to visibility and being seen and who their identity is in the world that's not allowing them to achieve the visibility that they want. So I can teach anybody how to just go brand themselves. Uh, and we've created great systems and we do teach that. We teach systems, we've won awards all over the world for our systems, but that in itself is not enough. And so what we work with people on when I talk to them and I'm in that relation, that the conversation about branding, for example, just one conversation of hundreds that we have, I'm listening a lot more to what is their relationship to being visible? What is their relationship to their confidence around who they are? How are they representing and presenting themselves? What is their identity in the world? Are they comfortable with creating or having an identity at a top level? And, you know, 
funny enough in sweden we always hear well you can't say you're the best here it's against the law to say you're number one <laughs> yeah verbatim someone said that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Verbatim, right? it's against the law to say you're number one uh, and i say like, okay who cares if you say you're number one and who really cares if you are number one i mean who is number one who nobody knows so it's more about a willingness to say i'm extraordinary right so i i've never cared about saying i'm number one or i'm the best i mean we you know we've used some of those things in our branding over the years but and, you know, the media, when we do the media, the media is always it's just the easiest default. You know, we're called the number one global business coaches in the world. Well, I, I don't really care if we're number one. I care if we're extraordinary at what we do. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care if somebody wants to call themselves number one. I just want them to stand up, put on a website, be at a presentation, be on a video and say, I am excellent at what I do and I would like to help you. But, you know, there's a lot in people's way between being willing to say they're extraordinary there's so much in their way. And if, for example, you know, not even just to, just to move out of Europe, in Asia, uh, you know, I do, uh, Alessia and I teach in, in 12 countries in, throughout Asia from Japan in the north all the way down, you know, all the way through uh, South Korea and the Philippines and <laughs> Hong Kong and you know, Malaysia and Taiwan and Singapore, uh, you know, all these places, uh, Thailand and that. And if I ask in Asia, raise your hand if you're really good at what you do, if you're excellent at what you do, almost nobody in Asia will raise their hand. Mm-hmm out of humility, being humble, uh, which is beautiful as an essence, but it doesn't help grow your business because people want to go to the best. And if you can't say, I'm awesome, I'm incredible, I, I, I could be the best, maybe I am the best. In fact, I'm just going to say, I'm the best. If you can't get somewhere around that ballpark or somewhere around that range of communicating to a market, then they are going to go elsewhere. Because if you just go, well, yeah, I'm pretty good, yeah. <laughs> they, don't want, they don't want pretty good. They want the best. You want to go out for the best meal that you can have today. You, you want to drive the best car that you can get in. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether people can afford it or not is a whole nother conversation, but this becomes a conversation around people raising the bar on who they are. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> so the, the, the essence of what we're going, what we go through in our business training and our students is that they are trained to start to change their relationship to themselves and their relationship to the world. And so Alessia and I work with them on not only what to do, you know, how to do Facebook ads, marketing funnels, you know, all the classic things that everybody wants to learn today, but also how do they think? Because if their positioning in their ad is off, nobody will click. If their positioning and their communication is not compelling enough on their landing pages, nobody will register or opt in for their stuff. And so this is the kind of work that we go, it's more deep. And, and this is why I think we've become pretty famous around the planet is going into the deep work of what business owners need. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I loved what, when you were here in Stockholm, just how, how you and Alicia can complement each other and how you'll reach certain people and how she'll reach a completely different type and really get these feelings and these these issues out there so you can work on them right there in the room yeah yeah well so uh, so leslie is brilliant so first of all she's italian i'm american so i've got that very (laughs) you know american sort of thing and i'm actually a trained entertainer i love entertainment i've studied you know i grew up in a city called chicago uh for you know for anybody who's not familiar uh with maybe the cities out here and chicago is it's the number one city for comedy in america we have more comedy clubs than any other city in America. So I grew up around a lot of comedy and comedians, and I'm always I'm, I'm always surprised, or though not surprised, to find out all these great comedians that I love and I listen to. Uh, you can kind of trace their roots back to Chicago. 
uh, Robin Williams, for example, you know, God rest his soul, uh, you know, was from Chicago. Uh, I just went and saw Jim Gaffigan, who's a very funny comedian, maybe a little bit more well-known in, in America. I mean, puts, you know, stadiums together of three and 6,000 for comedy. From Chicago, Jim Belushi, uh, Steve Martin, you know, all these people uh, came from Chicago. So since I was also very little, I was always into studying entertainment and performance and, uh, and comedy. Uh, Alessia is quite the opposite. Uh, she came from, you know, Italy where, uh, you know, that wasn't, you know, it wasn't, wasn't so much in that. And she's so dynamic in such a different and opposite way, which is so fun to see uh, because the complementation of she's very refined. You know, I was not very refined. I didn't dress this nice. Before <laughs> I met you know, right. You know, you, you marry an Italian woman and suddenly your whole wardrobe changes and you become much more refined, which is, you know, thank, thank goodness for that. So she's this very refined, uh, you know, Italian woman. And she started, she, she got pulled into a family business at 19 years old. Her, her father and her mother started a tourism company, which became a very big tourism company in Italy. It was called Future Viaggi. And at 19 years old, her father uh, had a heart attack because he was working around the clock seven days a week. Uh, he would work and sleep three, four hours a night. He was also chain smoking. He didn't have very healthy habits. And so at 19, she found herself being pulled into the family business because her father, who was the, the CEO and running this company with 80 staff at that time, uh, had a heart attack. And the doctor said to him, you got to be in bed for the next six months. If you work like this, you're going to kill yourself. So everybody in the business said, well, what are we going to do now? Her father, Gianni, they said, Gianni's now sick. Who's going to lead the company? And so at 19 years old, as you are naive at 19, and you go, hey, I can do anything, right? He said, I'll do it. Uh, and so she, she basically dropped out of school and, and uh, you know, started running the family business. And she learned very quickly that <laughs> it was not as easy as it looked. And the business started tanking. And, you know, she started taking this, I think they were doing 10 or 15 million euro a year at that time. And it started slowly going like that. And she says, wow, I, I need some help. And so what she did is she actually uh, started to bring on mentors and I'll let her tell her story at the upcoming event. Cause we're, we're excited. We're going to be at the, the, you know, the event here with Kim Kiyosaki coming up in October. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to steal her, her great <laughs> stories, but anyways, she got pulled into it. And, and of course she had, a, she had to turn around what she did and she brought on a lot of mentors to help her and advisors to really help understand. And of course, uh, you know, within about three years, she had essentially started to triple the company that her parents took uh, 30 years to build in, in just three years because her parents, you know, as, as lovely as they were and as good meaning, they, they were, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out on our own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can figure out everything on your own. I mean, you know, you can always figure out how to do things on your own, but it might take you 10, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're like lifetime. us, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whole life, right? You know, people end their life, you know, they, they on their deathbed and they say, you know, oh, I wish I would have done more with my life. And so, you know, I think our generation now, we don't have the same kind of patience. We're used to access to a lot of things. We want things to move faster. We want more of our life. We don't want to devote, you know, our grandparents and our parents, everything was just give your life, give your life to, you know, to your work. And our generation is not like that. Our generation is we want to, you know, we grew up never seeing our parents. They were working all the time. We never saw our fathers, many of us. Uh, it was rare. They'd come home and spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes before we go to bed. They'd be working maybe on the weekends. They'd be traveling. And so our generation doesn't want that. We want to have freedom. We want to have time. And so now we've developed more technology to run our businesses these days. Uh, we've got systems to leverage ourselves. I mean, hey, we're, we're doing this right now. It's going to go out to hundreds or thousands or millions of people, you know, depending on how big it is. And so 
everything that we think about now is how do we leverage our time, do it faster, uh, you know, have more fun and have more time for ourselves. So what I love about Alessia specifically as well is, you know, I'm American and in the American culture, we are very conditioned to work all the time as well. It's just, we're, we're super busy here. We just work, work, you know, everything in the American culture is about work and make money. And, you know, it's the, I wouldn't it's the say hustle it's, thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to that. You know, we, we do hustle. We're very, you know, it's very productive. We want to get things done and change things fast. But the other side is we, we miss a lot of the, you know, have, have a, have a glass of wine and talk about life and, you know, get to know each other. Well, it's a lot more, you know, fast paced. So what I love, uh, you know, and, and I, I actually at 10 years old, my parents sent me to Paris to go to school and I fell in love with European culture. So I, I absolutely, you know, I've split my life since I was 10 years old. I've been living in Europe and going to school in Europe and coming back to the States and going back, back and forth. And so, uh, you know, what I love about Alessia is she, she provides this very beautiful European cultural uh, connection with this real sharp uh, ability to understand how to navigate successful businesses. And so she's very, you know, she's super feminine because, you know, it's another thing she stands for, you know, overtly. She talks about how important it is to be feminine and be a woman and be your feminine, sensual woman self and drive your businesses. You know, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be a man uh, as a woman, which is such an important message, I think, to women today is to just be yourself, be a woman, be proud of yourself and thrive as a woman using your womanly uh, ideas and skills. You know, women are exceptional and they're extraordinary, you know, creatures on the planet and they're great at things that men are not as great at uh, yeah. and men are great at things that women are not. so we, we rely on each other and i think this is what we try to demonstrate on stage is that we're stronger together uh, men and women are stronger together learning from each other engaging with each other helping and supporting each other so what, what i love about her she has this incredible feminine element and she's so uh, successful and so good at things like sales and and uh, negotiating partnership deals and and uh, you know influencing people and she's just brilliant at it. So so it's it's great. It's fun to work together and I and I, I love supporting her and and uh, you know five. I mean you want to talk about incredible acceleration. Yeah. Five years ago when I met her, she didn't even speak any English. Oh, really? she, speak she speaks good English I, now. Oh, she speaks it perfectly. Yeah, she speaks perfectly. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, you know, I, I, I've, I've learned, you know, six languages, but I don't even speak them as good as her. And I've spent 20 years inside <laughs> of some of these languages. Um, yeah. And what, what happened was I actually met her. I was speaking at a conference in Italy with Robert and Kim Kiyosaki. We were on stage together. And uh, or you said we were sharing the stage. And Alessia was in the audience. And this was an audience, all Italian, of course. We were in Rimini, Italy. There were 3,000 Italians in the audience. Nobody spoke any English, <laughs> right? You know, there, there's this joke in the world that if you speak three languages, you're trilingual. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. And if you speak one language, you're American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I got to Italy and I learned this, the same thing for Italy. They don't speak anything else <laughs> other than Italian there. So there I am. Everybody's got headphones on. Okay, they're all getting translated to. That means every time I told a joke, I had to wait seven seconds for everybody to laugh. <laughs> and I also learned that my humor doesn't, it didn't always translate. It didn't make sense to them, what I was saying. And so the translators would sometimes just say, and now you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody said, I thought I was this funny guy. And it, it turns out nobody understood what the hell I was talking about. So... So she was in the audience because she got brought there by her coach. She has, she had a business coach for, for her company. She had many coaches, but one of them brought her to this event. 
by saying, hey, you never know who you're going to meet. Maybe you'll meet the man of your dreams. And she says, I'm never going to meet the man of my dream at an event like this. Get real. And of course, there I was on stage. Uh, and so anyways, so uh, I met her there. She, she spoke just, just barely enough English to just kind of say hello and stumble through a couple sentences. And within, you know, we met, we fell in love. And I'll, you know, I'll say that story for some of the time. But, you know, within, within two years, within two years, she was lecturing on stages with me in English. Wow. Uh, and, and, and it's just incredible. And so, you know, something that, that Alessia really represents to me and I think to women around the planet is the ability as a woman to take on anything and accelerate at it quickly. Uh, whether it's technology, you know, a lot of women say today they're, they're not technologically good. So they shy away from using databases or email marketing programs or mm -hmm. CRM systems. So they never really develop the structure in their business that they need. Um, and Alessia just kind of blows the doors off of everything on that because she really represents a, you know, a woman who stands powerfully as a woman, mm -hmm. feminine in her feminine essence, uh, able to learn things and take them on and, 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 you know, learn them quickly, even complex things like a language. Um, she just, she's just unstoppable. She doesn't let anything stop her. And I, I think that that message is so important for women to get out there and be unstoppable at anything they want to do. And I think she really embodies the the event, uh, the Empowered Women event here in October. I mean, the that is yeah. exactly the message we want to send and and to show. And as you say, that you guys complement each other, that you work together as a man and a woman to to do it together, and how much more powerful you are together. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and not to mention you also she, help she's a mother, like she's a mother. You help people oh, sorry, that yeah. haven't started a business and you help people that are interested and have no idea what they want. And what different levels do you help people at? Or do you have to have a business? Yeah. Okay, so uh, so we set out, we used to only coach business owners. They had to have a business. And all that meant is that they had to have been paid for a product or a service, which means that they had a, a proof of concept. It means that they had an idea, whether it was they wanted to become a coach or they had an idea for a product or whatever, whatever an invention, but they they create they they put it together and they brought it out to the market and they sold they sold some of it. People pay people pay them for it. It doesn't even have to be good. It doesn't even have to be great. It's just that they're making money at it. And that way that we know that they have a proof of concept. They they understand what they want to do and they can go out and show that it that it works. Um, what happened was is we started to get so so well known and so famous, if you will, that we started getting put on these enormous stadium stages where we were on stage in front of. 8,000, 10,000 people. And we were doing this regularly. And the reality was, is that in that audience, we'd have, uh, you know, a huge selection of the audience saying, but, but I want to start a business. How do I figure out what I mean? I want to escape my job or, or I want to leave my current business and create something new. How do I determine what's my next step? How do I figure out what is my passion, my calling? And then how do I turn my, my hobby, my calling, my passion into a thriving six or seven figure business, you know, like us dollars or Euro. And so we, we started to realize there were so many thousands of people we were speaking to that wanted to learn how to start a business um, that we just started sharing from scratch. How do, how do we identify a good business to start? How do we identify our calling? How do we uh, understand where to find a good idea for a product or service? And then how do we take that and turn it into a business? So nowadays, uh, it doesn't even matter. Um, that's funny. We got, I'm sitting here in a, in a hotel in, in LA. We got people speaking Swedish next to me. Here. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of guys from Sweden here. Okay. What do you think of that? It's total global world. The yeah. global, global world. <laughs> anyway, so, so today we, we mentor everybody from those who want to start a business. They just need to be, get clear about what it is. 
Uh, and from that point forward, we can help them take their clear vision and turn it into a business. That's, that's, that's what we do. So it doesn't matter what stage they're at. Uh, business owners who are very established, uh, they find our work incredibly valuable because they can maybe internationalize or learn how to use the, the, the new trends in digital marketing or branding or a technology. Um, they learn how to do things like leverage themselves into webinars, podcasts, uh, you know, group live events and use those things. Um, other business owners who are just getting started, they learn how to take their ideas and turn them into packages. How do they package up their services? How do they price themselves? Um, how do they create inclusions uh, so that people know what they're selling? If they have a product idea, how do they turn it into a technology? How do they get their idea into a platform business or into an e-commerce business? So it doesn't really matter where they're at these days. We, we work with everybody. Yeah. And I think the reason 95% of businesses fail is that we're trying to figure out so many things by our own. I remember when I was 23 years old, I was also very naive. <laughs> and I came up with a good idea to start a bar in Greece. And I <laughs> didn't know a single word of the Greek language. <laughs> Yeah. So I had to have Not a translator. Mention, mention running bars. <laughs> like yeah. how to run a bar, which is a whole business. We've owned two of them. So that's a whole business model to itself because it's all usually, you know, cash. It used to be all cash based and that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was so much more work than I could ever have imagined. And I didn't know that you had, uh, that you should have a mentor at that time. So I tr was trying to figure all of the things out by my own in a, in a different country in Greek. So we have a <laughs> Swedish yoke, uh, yoke in that uh, it's pure Greek, but that was pure Greek for real. It wasn't just gibberish. So uh, I have no idea why you would want to open up a bar in a country where you don't speak the language. If I was your mentor, I would have spanked you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I definitely applaud your, your willingness to, to just take a leap because that essence is really what makes successful entrepreneurs. So you know, at the same moment that I would say that might be a difficult uh, project, um, what I do applaud and what is very important is that essence, that willingness to just, you know, take the leap, to take a jump and, um, you know, make it happen. And, and that, that is really important because so many people are trying to strategize or get it perfect. They, they, want, they want to win before they get started. They want to know that it's going to turn out before they get started. And, and it's just simply not how it works. You know, if you go into a, a football game or a soccer game or, you know, however you say it, uh, you, or hockey, let's use hockey, right? You know, yeah. that's, that's the best support uh, as, a, as a former, uh, you know, amateur hockey player. Um, so if you don't go into a hockey game knowing that you're going to win, uh, you can go in with the, with the intention to win, but you don't know you're going to win. So if you're not going to start your business, or you're not going to expand your business or grow your business uh, or do things because you're not sure if it's exactly right or you're going to win, hey, time to change your mind. Because that's not how people create. What you do is you create promises, you go on adventures, you take leaps of faith, and you just use the best practices, the best principles to get there, and you mitigate your risk along the way. But that's all any of us do to be successful. Yeah. It's like using Google Maps instead of you just running out of the hotel to try to find the restaurant. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's a great metaphor. And, you know, just because you're, you're, on, you're using maps, it doesn't mean there's not going to be an accident along the way that you're going to have to navigate around. Not, not meaning you'll be an accident, but you, know, you, you may <laughs> use the Google Maps and find that you end up in a traffic jam anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just about having the best tools and then you have to navigate every challenge, but you can't expect it to be, you can't, you can't go into it saying, I'm only going to get started when, it, when I know I'm going to win. That's ridiculous. It's, it doesn't happen. And this is what stops a lot of people from getting started. Yeah. 
I also think when we're over planning, we're trying to figure out the right way before we know it. For example, if I would plan the way my life looks today is so much different compared to a couple of years ago. But I couldn't even have planned the life I'm living because I didn't know things like what I'm doing today didn't even even existed. So how could Absolutely. I be planning Absolutely. something that wasn't existing right back then? And, and, and this is this is the, the two very important behaviors and an essence that a business owner uh, has to have. One is they have to be able to anticipate. Okay, so anticipation is very important. Observing where things are headed and getting and heading in that direction. Uh, you know, we just had a, an amazing uh, student in one of our last events. His name is Peter Forsberg. He's one of the best all-time hockey players, right? And he just attended our last event when we were in Stockholm. It was just a really beautiful, just a very sweet, sweet man. And him and his wife were there. And of course, uh, now we're working with them and mentoring them on their businesses. Um, but, you know, Peter would always say, you don't go to where the puck is going. You go to where the puck is going to be. Mm-hmm. You don't chase the puck. You, you go to where the puck's going to go. And, and you have to go to where it's, you have to anticipate where the puck is going to go and push yourself there to, to receive the puck in hockey. And it's such an important aspect. And I think it's one of the things that makes him also a great business owner um, is that he's a constantly anticipating where his business is heading, where the market is heading. And one of the reasons he came to an event like ours is because he understands as a business owner, even though he, he's an incredibly successful uh, you know, hockey player, if he wants to be a great business owner, he needs to continue to find great coaches. Just as a, as a great hockey player, he was always having great coaches, great mentors. That you know, This is what you do as a professional athlete. You don't just do it once or twice. You're constantly around great coaches, great players. You're constantly looking to stay at the top of your game. And so he understood, and I think all great people understand, uh, which is interesting because it's, it's always the people that are struggling that don't quite get this concept. But the, the great people, they're always looking for more great people to be around. The struggling people are always saying, oh, I'll figure it out on my own. I'm going to figure it out. So you got to get yourself to places where there's great people. you got to engage with them. Get yourself to conferences and, and seminars where there are mentors. Go be by them. You must be by them. The top athlete CEOs and business owners, if you just watch what they do and you do some of that, and that will show you that they understand you must be around great people. And at the, at the upcoming event here in, in Stockholm, we're going to have an audience of great people, people you're going to be able to network with. You're going to l- create partners. You're going to meet people that can become customers and clients. I mean, even if you slept through the lectures, which you shouldn't, but <laughs> even if you did, and, and you just use the event to network and get to meet people, you're going to meet incredible people. I've never been to Sweden. It'll be our, our fourth year we've been coming to, to Sweden. Uh, and uh, uh, not good enough to do this, inter- <laughs> this, this interview. But actually, you know, I, I, my, my, uh, so I, I, my, my ex-wife is from Sweden. We have a son together, and so we speak Swedish in the house. Uh, and I used to live actually in, in Engelholm. I used to stay in Vebistrand in, in the summers. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been coming to Sweden for, for 10 years, uh, you know, and, and being in the culture and having the, the fisk and patati, you know, all the time, <laughs> uh, you know enjoying the incredible life of Sweden because Sweden's an amazing country. And I've never, ever come to Sweden for business and just not met incredible people, whether I'm giving an event, whether I'm attending an event. Uh, it's always amazing people who are doing great things. They're looking to progress. They want to learn the coolest stuff. They want to help each other. You know, the one thing I always hear in, in Scandinavia, whether I'm in Finland or Norway or, or Denmark or Sweden, is that, you know, it's people are not as, not as friendly. They're not as networky. Um, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to know. They don't give a lot of referrals and they're very kind of, you know, closing. But that's not our groups. Uh, our groups who show up to these events, they're very open. They're, they're interested in helping. They're full of life. They're full of energy. So if you're looking for great energy uh, and to be around incredible people that are local to your, to your city, 
you got to be at this event because you will find incredible partners and clients and customers and mentors and advisors and just great people. It'll be a breath of fresh air uh, for what you're doing. Yeah. Which dates are you here now? It's uh, the 24th, 25th of October, right? That's it. That's it. You get it. You get I it. thought that was really cool with, with Peter in, in the audience there. I mean, the fact that someone as successful as him was he wasn't there as a special guest. He wasn't there as a VIP. He was a student in the room, just like everyone else. Someone you can um, you could chat to and network with and actually meet, which was really, really cool. That's right. That's right. Could you tell us a little bit more, more about the next event that uh, you're here for? Uh, well, the next event I'm going to be here for is, is this event, uh, the Empowered Woman event. So we're there on stage, and Alessia will be there. And some of you might be saying, well, why is Alessia not on this call? <laughs> actually, she's in, flight, she's in flight right now between actually Rome and Chicago, where we're running an event this weekend. And so she just couldn't be on this call just due to the, her travel schedule. Um, so, you know, I would have loved for her to be here. But you'll meet her in person at the event. Her and I will be on stage together presenting and sharing, and it'll be our pleasure to be there and support and, and you know, share our systems and, and our techniques. Yeah. Um, and actually with that, I, I actually have to wrap us up here uh, because speaking of which, we are, I'm speaking every hour of the day somewhere <laughs> and uh, we have actually about 180 students that we're going to be doing a webinar with right now, which is something we're going to be teaching you is about how to be using uh, you know, webinars and leverage environments to be speaking and sharing with people across the world. So, so I got to yeah. run guys, but I really appreciate it. Thank you this. very much. Yeah. Thank you both. great the both of you and i'm looking forward to see you at the event this year and for Me those too. who want yeah. to know more they can read about it in the description awesome i love okay. it i will see you guys soon i can't wait to the event have a great one and i look forward to seeing everybody there okay awesome. the same Thanks to you okay bye-bye bye okay guys all right bye-bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.